Welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I am your host, Casey Ruff, with my co-host that I love the most, Ooh, Bethany Ruff. that was catchy. We that have to keep way, that one. That was good. Write yeah, that down. That uh, we're so happy you guys are with us. Um, have a really cool guest today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. This is definitely one that I'm going to um, kind of sit back and listen to and let Bethany take over because, um, yeah, you guys have a really special connection. I'm really excited to hear about this. Well, without further ado, Monique McCreary, American by British standards, international by American standards, Monique McCreary ditched her rental car career to head back into hospitality only to find herself jobless as the flowers started to bloom. Soon after, she found herself turning her hobbies into hustles. With the relaunching of F Modern Society, the goal for her brand is to inspire people to live life on their own terms. Welcome to the show, Monique. Thank you. I do sound cool when you guys say it. Seriously, <laughs> that's quite the quite the intro. Oh, damn, that's me. I'm <laughs> gonna <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited, nervous, but I'm excited. <laughs> We're so glad you're with us. Both parties, both parties. Well, Monique and I have <laughs> a very interesting uh, relationship, friendship. I would say we met back in 2007. Um, she and her family were stationed in Menwith Hill, England. Um, and she was going to school on a Department of Defense base, and I kind of floundered my way there for two years. And I just recall you being very welcoming and inviting and a really good friend of mine. And we've had an interesting relationship. I say that because we will not see each other for like five years, and then she'll show up at my wedding or I'll fly to Miami <laughs> and spend a weekend with her. So it's really, really awesome. And I'm just, I'm super honored to have you here. And I would love to hear about your business and, and what F Modern Society is and how you came to create it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely remember. I think you were like in the BX or something. And I think like me and Katie Pachetti were just like creeping around, like oh trying to find like thongs and like eyeliner that we weren't supposed to have. And like, I'm like, I know everyone on this base. I've literally been here for at that point, almost 10 years. So we were like, I was like, hello. Like, I was just like, oh, what's your name? And then ever since then, we kind of like clicked. And I think that's the best part of the life that we've lived that you, you can allow yourself to go, you know, multiple years without seeing people. But when you do, it's almost literally just the same. Yeah. I so love that. I love that. So excited. And I think that's what brought me to do F modern society because there's so many different types of people and different types of avenues. I think life, we, through societal expectations and just kind of our parents and like whatever, like go to school, you go to college, you get married, you have babies, and then you have a career that you're in for like 60 years. And I'm like, all right, well, so I did half of this stuff. I graduated, but like, I'm not finding anything in my job career field. And then you realize like, is this even what I want to do? Like, totally. so it's just like, all right, well, I know I've always liked to create things and like, I kind of had to go through this moment of like reverting to like my childhood and like the things that we like to do when we were children generally connect to who we are as adults. So I've always liked creating things and putting things together with my hands. So I started just like making like earrings here and there, you know, you go into stores and you're like, all right, I'm a bit eccentric and I can't find anything that matches my like extraness. So maybe I need to just make something. So, yeah, I started off just, like, doing, like, little earrings, and people would ask, like, oh, like, where'd you get those? And I was like, you know, these old things, like, I just, you know, threw them, threw them around and made them together. So I think with that and just me being creative and allowing myself the space and opportunity to become creative, I think that's the whole point of F Modern Society and just the fact that people to live how you want to live. You know, it's not, you're not living your life based on other people because that was the case. Then you're not living your life, right? You have to figure out what you like and the thing and your passions and all those things and make that work for you. So yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I mean, in our own experience too, creating Boundless Body in the last six months from nothing, it's just, it's, it's so empowering. And, and we've joked about it. Like it almost feels like, okay, we're cheating the system. We got to lay low. Like who's going to come to our house? What authority is going to come and tell us like, we can't, we can't live life like this. It's way too enjoyable. It's way too happy. But I, yeah, I agree with you. It feels like you're breaking out of a cage when, when you just do what nobody else has done before. 
Exactly. And then I also learned like you also can't ask for advice from people who've never done it or stepped out of comfort zones before, because then you find yourself double check, double guessing yourself and like, is this what I should be doing? And it's like, no, I need to be talking to entrepreneurs who've done this, who've stepped out of their comfort zone. You know what I mean? I can't talk to the yeah. same nine to five, like Abuelita, who's been at the right, same place right. for like 20 years. Like, you're not going to give me the advice that I need. So right. I think that's also what it was about finding a community that actually represents what I want to do and who I want to be. And then from that point, it allowed me to kind of expand on that. That's awesome. So who who did you either learn from or who would you attribute some of your success or kind of coming up to as far as being able to put jewelry together and market it? Who's who's helped you along the way? Um, it's kind of just the great thing about social media, man, like following and inspire, like following it. I think Instagram is a great tool. You know what I mean? We obviously people can follow whoever they want to follow, but if you follow people who inspire you and people who you look up to, then obviously that's what your mindset is always going to be on. So I kind of just went on like different entrepreneurial like forums, just like asking questions. Um, A lot of people in my family are entrepreneurs as well. So I kind of picked their brains about just like the process and like what their mindset was on to leap out and go against the the grain of the community or whatever the case is. But there was a group, it was about two years ago um, in the DC area. And it was just a bunch of like DC youth. And we were just trying to figure out like what we can do in order to change DC and and change. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, major cities are getting gentrified, right? Like at one spectrum, it's really, really nice to, take these buildings and revamp them and make them, you know, more appealing to people to come from out of the city. But at the other end, it's like some of these places have been staples and mom and pop shops for years. And it's like, okay, yes, how to, how to fuse those, right? Like have a nice building, but it's still a mom and pop shop or it's still catering to the locals. So I think that was something that I was also intrigued in because like I said, I haven't lived in this area. I was born here, but took me 20 years to get back to the area. So just trying to familiar my, familiarize excuse me, myself with what DC has to offer. Yeah, I would love to chat about what has it been like to live in DC, going back to your, your roots, where you came from, and also in, in an election and a pandemic year, kind of an interesting one. Oof. We have, the DC district has been crazy, but it's been, it's cool. Cause like you said, you, you, it's part of gentrification. You also have the old, like people who are from DC coming together, fighting for a cause. So it's really at first with everything like the protests first happening, you know, TV has a way of manipulating and making it scary and making it like, oh, like I can't go outside. Like people are going to like fight me and Mm -hmm. like all of this stuff. But I went out there and it was just, it was great. I was, I found myself like crying and just like hugging these people who I've never met before. And like, like I said, we're all here for a common cause, which is obviously it's happy that love is, is conquering, but at the same time, it's sad that we have to fight for the same things that people have been fighting for, if that makes sense. Um, DC, like no, everyone hates Trump. That's just with, let's just be, be let's honest. Let's just get right? it out there. Like, exactly. So I think that is also something that has brought people together and just like, especially for millennials, like we weren't really, at least me personally, like knowing too much, even about like the legislators and governors in this area. So it's really about being community like being with the community at that kind of level. And that's how you also see change. So that way it can ripple up to the president of the United States. But I mean, it's been definitely a whirlwind. Um, My friend Maddie created this page. So um, we created the Millennials for Justice page DC. uh, And that was kind of created as a platform to just have conversation. You know, like it's not, people have questions and people have answers. Right. And I think people are so scared to ask questions and people just think that everyone has to know everything about everything. And it's like, no, we learn things because we ask the right questions. Right. So long story short, I know I'm babbling. Um, We now have like 1700 
um, members in the group. And we are now like partnering with local businesses and restaurants just to kind of give them more exposure as well as just making sure the community, like we're growing and making our community how we actually want to make it from the inside out. I love that. Um, and you, you mentioned to me a little while ago that you were a moderator on a justice page in DC. Is that the page you're referring to? Mm-hmm, exactly. Nice. Exactly. So DC actually just passed. It was on the bill this year, initiative 81. So that actually allows for medicinal mushrooms to be legalized. Um, so I'm very excited to see how that kind of changes the narrative on that is Those so interesting. Of, they went mushrooms before marijuana or is marijuana legal there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Marijuana is legal medicinally and recreationally. Okay. Um, so next is is the mushrooms and all that stuff. So now they're just doing it. I think it's just Initiative 81. It's just, uh, it's oh, to prioritize it. Sorry, I'm getting a little help. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, That's prioritize. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, that's really progressive, I think. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think people think like DC's like Republican and full of like governments, but it's actually the complete opposite, which is like a surprise, but also very like welcoming. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, much more liberal than I would have thought. Yes, you guys have to come check it out. Seriously, I'm there. <laughs> so, so why why should people be focusing on supporting small businesses, especially in a year with a pandemic? Um, I mean, I think it's just important to show just your support in the community, right? And sometimes, nine times out of 10, you're not buying from a business, you're buying from that person, right? Um, And I think it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like Macy's and them, they're always going to make it, right? You're worried about the the juice store down the street who's Mm -hmm. like, you know that you can get your morning fresh orange cup of like orange in the morning or your breakfast that's made from the butcher down the street and also like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a community thing. And yeah. I think DC is also very, very big on, like I said, community. So a lot of things that we have here are mom and pop sh- shops. Um, and obviously something right now that's going, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out in 2021 is like the music and art scene. Um, we have a lot of local clubs that have been open for like 15 years, have shut down permanently. Um, who've access in so many different types of music in the, in the community that it represents. So I'm very interested to see what opens up after that. But even, you know what I mean? Even that is, is the support in itself. Right. I, it's, it's a really, really cool thing to hear from you. And I mean, Utah is not as culturally diverse as, as I would prefer to live in. Um, but to, to hear from you about your experience in DC and kind of what it's like, it's, I, it's confusing to me to to see from the outside why our our Western society would try to have everybody go through the same schooling system and, you know, be paying the same student loans for the rest of their lives, which locks them into a career that they just have to be making money, but they don't necessarily love it just exactly. just the difference in the polarity versus what the standard is and what we, how we try to align everyone to do the same thing and be almost the same person, but there's so much Mm -hmm. more beauty and we're, we're selling ourselves short, I think by doing that. Exactly. And even growing up in England, I mean, you know, like even though it wasn't as diverse, there were still so many different types of people. And after living there for 15 years, I moved to Miami, which obviously like I'm happy to be back in the States, but that was a huge culture shock in itself. So I think I am lucky in that sense to be able to kind of have that many, like you said, like that many different cultural experiences that allowed me to kind of talk to people, all types of different people and like have the willingness to travel. And, and from that point, you kind of can, um, you can kind of always tell who's, who's traveled and who hasn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even sometimes in your own family, you can be like, you're having these conversations. You're like, wait, what? Like, did you just say that? Like, obviously you haven't like taken the time to even like want to leave. You know what I mean? Right. So that's also, I encourage people to, you know, travel or at least like leave their hometown once. Cause you know, you can always go back. What would, can you talk a little bit about your experience? So you were born in DC. You didn't stay there for very long. If I recall, by the time I had moved to England, you were already there for like 10 years. What was your, yeah, what was your so, life like growing up internationally? Um, it was great. It was one of those things that you don't really realize, though, until you're older. So, yeah, I was born in this area. 
Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, and then when I, I was five, my dad had the job opportunity to move overseas. Shout out and to Mike. The t- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was like, all right. So their options were England and Italy. And so my dad's like, ooh, like, let's go to Italy. So but by the time that he wanted to do Italy, it was closed. So my dad's like, you know what? Like, we'll just try England. Like, we'll try it out for a few years. Um, and, and that's it. So I'm five years old. I was the only child at the time. And we had a one-way ticket to England. And I just remember getting off the plane and it was just freezing. And I'm just like, what? Like, what <laughs> is this place? Like, Where do they take I me? I see cows and sheep, like, from yard miles around. Um yeah, I spent literally kindergarten to 12th grade there in the same school, same art teacher. Yeah, tell our listeners about the size of the school. So we probably had, so it was K through 12 on a military base. Um, I, we probably had maybe at the max at one point 200 people in the whole school. Uh, by the time I graduated, 2011, we had one of the biggest classes and we had 35 people. So if that doesn't tell you, just let that sink in for a moment. Like I graduated in a class of 800. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, mine was like 735 or something like insane. Yeah, we were there maybe an hour and a half and everything was wrapped up. You're good to go. I mean, from my only two years there, it is such an interesting environment to go to school in because when you normally, I mean, I've moved a lot. And when I was a new kid before at other places stateside, you know, you'd get like the judgmental looks and you had to break into a new pack of friends. But this was really unique Mm -hmm. because it was so tight knit and so small that obviously you've either dated everybody or friends with everybody or fought with everybody (laughs) at some point. And by the time you see a new face stroll up into the lunchroom, instead of judging, you're just so welcoming. You're like, what can we, this is a new energy. This is a new person we've never met before. What was your, what are your memories with that? Um, I mean, just pretty, you pretty much summed it up. I mean, I never really had the, to be on the other side of the spectrum in regards to being like a new student. My first time being a new student was at college. So that was something that I also had to kind of like get used to. But I mean, it was great. Like, you know, from sports, we, because it was a small school, you know, everyone kind of had the, was allowed to play sports, but it was cool because we got to go to Italy. We got to go to Spain. We got to go to Belgium. So you're not only playing a sport that you generally like, you're getting to travel and you're getting to meet all these different types of people. And when it came to international travel, we got to stay the night at our competitor's house, which sounds like what the hell, but it was ended up always being so much fun. You're like, you're going out in town. Like you're just living your best life and you're almost living like, by the time for me, when I got back to college, I almost felt like I lived like my adult life for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, And just being able to, I just, I just remember um, I, like my first day of college, we had like an orientation and they couldn't put like military obviously, but everything that gets flown out to Europe via military, it goes through its APO AE for the zip and the state, but the state, if they don't have AE as an option, they put New York. So it literally just said APO comma New York. So, so many people from New York were at my college and they're like, where the hell is APO? Like, <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Harlem. Like I know everywhere about New York. I'm like, bro, like I'm not even from New York. Like This is just BS. Like, and then you have That's to go into funny. that whole thing. It's like, wait, you're from England? Like, you don't have a British accent. Do you know the Queen? How's London? It's like all of these just taboo questions that the TV just makes you have to answer. And it's just like, no, no, no. Yes, I do drink tea. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't know the Queen. (laughs) But it was awesome. Like, and I just remember people used to make fun of me because they're like, you don't have a driver's license, like whatever the case. And I'm like, yeah, but I've gone through two passports. Like I would way rather have... My passport stands out and me, like I said, meeting people like in their culture and being able to experience it firsthand than to drive in Harlem, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel you. I, yeah, it's, it feels really foreign to me 
Um, I, when I was younger, I was jealous of people who had like been born and raised in the same home. And I mean, being an adult now, I am so grateful that I didn't live that lifestyle and I'm with you. I encourage people to get out and see as much of the world as you can. Very, very important. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to kind of pivot, um, really exciting election, really exciting for women. Um, shout Mm -hmm. out to Kamala Harris Yes, so, girl. Yeah, I get it. So <laughs> you are a successful female entrepreneur. You started something from nothing just based on your creativity and your energy. How does it feel to be a female business owner? I mean, it's crazy. I think it's 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 very interesting because I do feel like it is a male-dominated industry in regards to just being a business owner. Um but it's interesting because, like I said, I left rental, but enterprise taught me so much about running your own business and just how to talk to people and to make sure that you're confident in what you say. So that way, when you are asking for grants or you're asking for retail space, you can come off confident enough to know, like, one, this is my product and I can tell you why it's going to benefit. But let me also show you on why it's going to benefit you. And like I said, I think, I mean... A lot of people don't know my dad who's listening to this, but me and my dad are very similar in personalities. Like he can, he can make a fish buy water. Like that's just the type of person that he is. And I think I learned a lot about that. And nine times out of 10, like I said, people are not necessarily buying from the store. They're buying from you. So you want to make sure that you have your impression on your business and what that relates to that way. Everything is concise across the board. And your dad, from what I recall, I mean, I just immediately picture the men with Hill basketball court. And I remember his J's and he would walk in with a certain swag and his energy, like before he, with a smile and just his body language would just like, was like a hug, like a walking hug. He would just welcome you exactly. in. And oh, I yeah, feel like still got the Jordans. So oh, good. Good to know. I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, definitely can emulate him. And I thank him a lot for a lot of things that he's taught me. And yeah, he's just, he's just great. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, um, him and Zena and got a shout out Mariah, of course, the whole fam. Woo, woo. Yes, I definitely will say Mariah. So my, Mariah is my younger sister and she is currently living in San Francisco at the Academy of Art. So I think even though we were six years apart growing up, so we kind of weren't really in, we didn't really get along that much because we were just always in different stages in our lives. So now that she's an adult and she's kind of, we're both in a place where we can understand each other and we're both super creative. So now it's like about bouncing and bouncing ideas off of each other. So it's cool to have like an in-house family, like representative who can help out creatively. So That's shout really out to the awesome. Prairie Squad. <laughs> That is really awesome. And so so I want to hear a little bit about um, your vision for F Modern Society in the future. Do you plan to eventually grow to take on employees? Are you in stores? Are you only online? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So my goal is to just make it an empire. It's, it's not necessarily about the jewelry. It's about the creation and the process of it. Um, so it was, I launched it first, 2018, um, with little information on what it actually took to run a business. So I kind of, um, flatlined and fell on my face a little bit right after. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, but that's what life is all about, you know, trial and error. So I kind of took some time off and like really figured out who I was as a person and, and what I wanted to represent, not only in myself, but the business. So yeah, I did a relaunch a couple months ago and it's been doing really, really well. I am actually in a store in Union Market, which is a really nice um, area in Northeast DC called the Village Cafe, which is also owned by local, um, it's actually the same group of people who inspired me when I first got here to kind of do their own thing. So shout out to the Village Cafe as well. Um, So yeah, my vision is to, I really want to have like a open space where we can teach classes, um, whether it's about jewelry making or just the arts in general, clay classes. Um, I also want to do 
have a garden in there and teach people about sustainability and being able to make their own fruits and vegetables. I think that's really important. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of a lot of uh, little things I have coming up, so I'm excited to kind of add all of that um, in there. Because art is subjective, right? Art is meant to bring up conversations, so that's what I want to. That's what I intend to do. Yeah, and it's so powerful. I mean, I know for myself, I think most people, but I know for myself with tattoos, just like a celebration of art and your body. And I feel like jewelry is not really any different than that. It's something you're obviously picking up and pairing with a certain outfit or set of clothes you've picked out and you're wearing it for, you know, to bring you a certain energy or put you in a certain space for that day, which is really cool. Exactly, exactly. So we do have um, a main piece um, that is a gun necklace. So basically, I I've <laughs> yeah, it's online girl it's available <laughs> yeah, I gotta get it um, um, so we do have it in gold and silver as well but it's just I love that piece because it creates conversation and those pieces um, actually per- percentage of them at least go get donated to the educational fund to stop gun violence in DC um, that's something that is really, really big in the DC community, especially with young adults. So I'm definitely just trying to, like I said, help my community out by influencing as much as I can through the conversation of art. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Why don't we take just a quick break and we'll come back here um, in a few seconds. Okie dokie. Okay, so as long as we're on the topic of the wide variety of different art that you're into, um, you you don't discriminate. You write poetry, you practice yoga, you're into uh, DJing, I believe, as well. Talk to me about, let's start with poetry. I want to hear a little bit about how that started um, and your love for writing. That's perfect. So, I mean, I've always kind of liked writing. So back in middle school, we'd always have like those poetry competitions and like sending it to, what is it, like Scholastic or something. And like, especially, you know, middle school is a very awkward time for everyone. So, and like, mom, like, what's going on with my body? And she's like, here's a chicken noodle soup for the teenage soul. Like, just read that. Like, that'll answer everything that you need. So I'm like reading here and I'm like, yes, girl. Like, this is exactly what's going on. Like, you feel me? So like, I started just kind of getting inspo off of that. So I am currently writing a book a poetry book called love letters and it is love letter poetry to and from inanimate objects so toast to a toaster um kite to a cloud nailed to a bike wow all of these that's different kind awesome. of yes i don't cool. want to put you on the spot one. but would you read one yeah i'll read one let me pull one up real quick that's such a cool idea yeah, so I kind of just wanted to express love, like, in different ways. You know, love isn't always romantic. Sometimes it's platonic. Sometimes love doesn't work. Sometimes it's a love of a place. You know what I mean? So I kind of wanted to emulate all of those different things, but also correlate inanimate objects. Um, and maybe there was a way, maybe it was just me. You know, maybe I'm the object. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> That's so cool. So creative. Yeah, let me... Okay, cool. So I'll read this one. Oh, wait, hold on. But yeah, I've always liked it, and I've been kind of doing <clears throat> spoken word on Instagram, and I used to think I was really bad at public speaking, which is why I wanted to do spoken words, so that would kind of get over my fear of it. Um but it's also just fun because you don't realize sometimes your vulnerability is what helps other people get through stuff. So I think when I express and I share things, it's not even necessarily about me. It's mostly about how can I help others? That's such uh, a cool way to connect with people, I feel like, and especially in a world that needs so much connection. Exactly. And, and I had to go through this process of being, you know, 
I mean, unemployed since March and I have nothing but time, you know? So it's like all these things that I said I wanted to do, like now that I have the time, like, am I actually what I'm about or am I just bullshitting essentially? Right. Right. Um, All righty. So I will read this one. So this one is um, actually what I'll do. I'll read it and then you guys can tell me what it is. And then if it's right or wrong, whatever, I'll tell you. And then I'll reread it so you guys can see. Love it. Great. Okay, cool. Charlotte, I don't know how you create me sometimes. A beautiful, delicate display of your artistic, multi-purpose dwelling. Immersing outside influences to create your own masterpiece. You are a true artist. The way that I reflect in the light like a chandelier, many do not understand, but some do. A great arching web where all souls reside. You create me as a cozy nest for survival. However, I became much more than that. Mummified into the world as we know it. I will never be able to repay you, but know that my love for you will never end. Sincerely, the World Wide Web. Ooh, my guess right away, spider in a web. Spider web. Yep. That's so good. Good. (laughs) If you don't mind, I go to bed right around like nine. If you don't mind just Mm -hmm. like giving me a call or showing up and just reading anything. (laughs) I would love it. I have do I have the voice? You do, you do. It's so soothing. (laughs) Hello. It is me you're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like do you feel like doing the spoken word has has started to get you over your fear of public speaking? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, even before Instagram, I was kind of doing it and I would just like at first I would just have to be like, oh, I have to be lit or I have to be under some sort of influence like to go up and like show my heart essentially. Right. But like you said, once you right after you get off the stage and people come up to you like, oh, my God, like I'm not like I never knew how to put how I felt into words and you did or like I want to talk to you more about this because I'm going through it and it's like damn like you I did I did stutter a few times but it's like it's not even about that you know what I mean it's about yeah. like the connectivity and connecting people because like you said we need that more than ever that is really powerful I love that and so you you gravitated more towards poetry do you but you're you're compiling your poetry into a book is that right yes Nice. So when is the, when's the ETA on that? When can we buy that? Girl, um, I'm going to say 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Give the genius a little time. Exactly. (laughs) So I know you had, um, before we dive into your yoga practice, I know you had kind of like a cool, um, or new announcement for your, for your business that you wanted to share with us. Yes. So I actually made a code for, this podcast bought boundless body so on my website if you put that into the cart then people will get 15 percent off wow Ooh, cool i'm getting that necklace exactly and i wanted to make sure that i said it in the podcast so i'm not going to really post it so that way they have to listen um to you guys it's, Perfect. It's great content, oh, that's awesome you know? thank you so much of course of course thank you that is fantastic. All right, let's talk Bendy, your yoga practice. Ooh. How did you get into it? What style do you do? Been kind of, I've been messing with yoga for a while now. I remember like the teen center days, like in after school, like they would be like, oh, like we're having a person come. She's going to like teach us some yoga. And I just remember like first getting in there. I think you were there. And I think Katie Vichetti was there. And like we were just trying to stand in these poses and we were just cracking up. And the lady's like, you guys have to like, this is a a self journey. And I'm like, no, my friends are here. Like Mm -hmm. it's a friend journey. (laughs) So exactly. And then, so, I mean, I've been playing basketball my entire life and I had, you know, you have these goals for yourself. Like I'm going to play college basketball. Like everything's just going to be taken care of. And senior year, I ended up getting pushed in our, the championship game. And I tore the ligaments in my leg. So basketball was over. So I'm kind of like in this whole depressive state of like, who am I if I'm not a basketball player? Like, this is what I've been like doing for the last like 10 years, but whatever, whatever. And I had to take like one athletic like class, like rehab class. So I was like, I'll just take an intro to yoga class. And the lady in there was just so cool. And I'm just like, you're so just like Zen. And like, it wasn't even about necessarily like 
doing all the crazy poses, which I did think were cool, but I just think like how you feel right after it is something that I wanted to continue to feel outside of my practice. So like I said, I was making a lot of excuses when I was working full time, like, oh, I don't have the time to do this or just like, I want to hang out with my friends and never really giving the time um, because I worked the weekends too. So a lot of the yoga certifications that you can, that you had to get were only available on the weekends. So I was like, damn, I can never, I can never get it. So I was just scrolling on Facebook one time earlier, like right as the pandemic was happening. And I saw Alana Kevala um, certification. So she's just a huge, huge influencer in the yoga scene. Um, she's been doing this for a long time, traveling to Bali and Indonesia to deepen her practice. And but she's always had it online, which I thought was huge. because Like she's targeting this at the perfect time. But also she's been doing this. She's been ahead of the game. So I signed up and I'm like, all right, this is this is what we're going to do. I, you know, my major my degree is in exercise science with a minor in psychology. So I'm like, all right, I know somewhat of the body, right? Like I can tell y'all some muscles. I can tell y'all like, you know, (laughs) some things. And then it definitely is a lot more challenging than I thought. You know, it's like, I'm just like, oh, I can breeze through this. And like, then I'll be done. I can teach people how to bend, but it's not only at first, it wasn't even really about me teaching it. It was just me deepening my own practice and understanding like, all right, when I do this pose, what muscles are engaged, what muscles I need to counteract in the next pose and all of that. So I'll, my main focus is vinyasa yoga, which is just breathing through the breath. Um, and I, like I said, it's really about taking what you learn on the mat and, and engaging that and incorporating that into off the mat and inside the community and, and, and that way. So, so hopefully, like I said, 2020, January, I'll start to take clients and have my website up and all of those things. So I actually wanted to ask you guys how it's been since you guys have been taking your own business and post COVID. And I want to kind of get, pick your guys' brains a little bit about what that transition has looked like for you guys. Yeah, it's been um, a leap of faith for sure. I mean, we were both at um, a large corporate gym for a combined just about 20 years and uh, it's kind of all both of us knew out of school and we were at, working at the same club and we're honestly really grateful to have connected with so many awesome clients. And when all of this kind of hit and we were all unemployed, um, a lot of our clients didn't feel safe going back when the gym went to reopen. And so it was uh-huh. kind of the perfect storm of like, all right, we've got people who need us, want us as far as, you know, Pilates, nutrition, coaching, training, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and Casey and I, in part for our own sanity, would just go on excessively long walks um, and just mm-hmm. kind of like just bounce ideas off each other, talk about cases, talk about the virus, talk about just the state of the world, what we were going to do. Um, and it, it wasn't too many weeks into having the world shut down that we both it just became very, very clear in our minds, like this is what we have to do. Um, and it was yeah. definitely scary, but the most worthwhile and fantastically beautiful thing that we could have ever done. Exactly. Like you said, it's literally just about stepping out of your comfort zone. You know what I mean? If you didn't take that leap of faith, who knows, you know, where you guys would be at. So that's, I'm excited. Yeah, seriously. You said something earlier that um, Bethany also commented on that I think is really important. I think it's the authenticity um, piece. Like you're, you're, you're putting yourself out there and we certainly have learned like even through this podcast, we, we are nervous doing this. We don't know what's going to happen it, it isn't easy for us to put ourselves out there, but, but you're right. Like once you put yourself out there, it, it's cool to see the good things happen and come from that. So I think it's really important that authenticity piece and, and putting yourself out there as you are. Um, I think it gives other people permission to do that as well. Um, one thing I've noticed, and I, I want to know if this experience is unique to us or if it's something that you also noticed Monique, but when we, when we first started and had no idea what we were doing and, trying to figure things out and kind of floundering around. We noticed that people who also had small businesses or had experiences with small businesses were so, so helpful, willing to help answer questions, give advice, give us resources. Is, is that unique to our experience or is that something you've also noticed as a small business owner? 
Oh, no, 100 percent. I definitely feel that. And I also feel like it's about the energy that you put out. Right. Like you're doing it from an authentic place and you're generally wanting to help people. People are going to see that and how you move, how you talk, how you act. And it's like, yeah, I believe in that person. I believe in their vision. And from that, that is what escalates everything. I definitely, like I said, me being in a retail spa, it was it was really just friends. Like, we're just like, Hey, like you help us open this coffee shop. Like we wouldn't be here without you. Like we in turn want to help you and put your stuff in the, in the store. And like, they have a, um, a back part of it as well, where they rent out space. So they told me, you know, if you want to do yoga classes out like in the back, like what's mine is yours. And I think that is, is the beauty in, in the community and especially small business owners. Cause we see the struggle and we know how much you have to hustle. So once you quote unquote, make it, then it's easier to turn on and help other fellow small business owners get to the same platform mm. as you. I find that the more I, especially if I have, you know, like gaps in my schedule or cancellations or reschedules, whatever comes up, if if instead of going into a negative headspace that's closed off and is I don't have enough, if I go and do something for someone for free or if I, you know, make a post about something that can offer someone some education or information that might benefit them, that they don't have to seek out, this abundance just like flows into my life. And exactly. it just feels like it's so different than anything I've experienced before, where I always thought hard work would be and pushing and driving would be paid off with, you know, plenty of reward. But there was always that resistance in that energy until you just mm-hmm. let go and let yourself fall into whatever it is that you're truly, you know, in love with doing, then jaw your job never feels like work. It's literally, you literally described it. It was perfect. Like you're excited to go to work. You know, there was times in my life where you wake up, your alarm goes off. You're like, no, not again. Like, give me another Mm. hour. Like, please. Or like, do do I want to call in sick? Or like, how many vacation days do I have? You know what I mean? So it's nice to wake up and not have that feeling. It's like, no, I get to wake up today. I get to help people. I get to do what I love in the same, all in the same breath and I get paid to do it, you know? So it's, 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 it's beautiful. And you're doing <laughs> it's it, just a great feeling. It is. And you're doing it, you're doing it only the way that Monique McCreary could do it, which is exactly. no way that it's ever been done before. And it will never, ever be repeated that way again. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm also realizing that, you know, there's a lot of people, you also realize at this point, like who's really on your corner, right? Like it's not even necessarily about, <clears throat> For me, people buying the pieces and all of that, sometimes it's just a simple retweet or like, hey, like maybe there's a spelling error or hey, like, let me help you. I'm good at graphic design. Let's collab on something. And I find that also being super helpful, again, with social media and the reach that it has, hashtags and all of those things you create, the, the circle that you want to thrive in. Yeah, that's it's so powerful. And it just, again, so different than anything we had experienced up till this year. With your yoga practice, what is your what is your favorite pose? Um, And what is the most difficult pose for you, whether that be physically, emotionally, mentally? I think for me, Ooh, that's a good question. I know I didn't prepare Uh, you. Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Keep me on my toes. Um, I mean, it really just depends on the day, right? And also for me, the best time to like work out is straight in the morning. So I have an empty stomach and I have the capacity to kind of just sit in my thoughts or the things that I've just woken up with. Um, Sometimes I rush like your meditation practice, you know, like your phone's going off and you're like, all right, I have four minutes. Let me just like close my eyes. And it's like, sometimes you just have to do what feels right when it feels right. Um, I'll say probably I love doing backbends. Um, it definitely is about building up that though. There's some days where I did a shoot for my friend and I was like, oh, let me just hop in this back. And like, we heard cracks. We I was like, wait, I got to lay here for a second. Like, I know I'm only 27, but like, damn, that, that hurts. So <laughs> it's also just about like, at the end of the day, it's just about taking yourself to the mat, thanking yourself for bring, being present in the moment and connecting with yourself. I think 
it can be a little intimidating when you see people or yoga posts and people are with their head behind their ears and like doing splits against the wall. And I'm just like, almost like, you know what I mean? It's about the, it's about your own practice. And as I'm going through this course, I'm realizing like all some of these things that yoga teachers have done has just been so taboo and it's not even correct. Right. For example, in a yoga class, how many yoga teachers have you guys seen who are actually doing the poses with the students? And I'm like, okay, well, you're supposed to be showing them, right? Like what, what the pose is. And it's like, no, you're supposed to be able to accurately describe how to go in the pose. And that way you can walk around and alter people's positions so they not hurt themselves, right? If you're doing the poses with them, one, it's not your practice, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're just a teacher to this practice. And two, you are increasing their chances of injury because you're not paying attention to them. You're too busy in your own downward dog. Right. Um, so it's just also like relearning things that we think we know about stuff, which has kind of been this whole pandemic lesson of, of sorts. <laughs> yeah. It seems like what your passions are and how you spend your time is also really tied into like the exact lesson that you're meant to be learning in life at the moment. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like in my experience, you know, teaching Pilates, I think less than 5% of it is knowing what muscle attaches to what bone via what tendon or ligament and what muscle, you know, winds and weaves into the next muscle group. It's more about meeting that body that shows up with its own individual energy, which can be heavy from, emotions or can be heavy from, you know, physical stress and everybody is going to move and hear the same cue and interpret that in their body so differently. So I think it's so cool how it it ties into that energetic work. Exactly. Cause really about just, like you said, deepening your connection with yourself. I think we just get so disconnected and then we get mad at our bodies, but it's like our body is the most like wonderful thing that we have. You know, it heals itself. It walks us to where we want to go. Like it does all of these different things. And it's just important for us to kind of slow down and be like, thanks. Like, you know, you got me. Like I got you, you got me. We're in this together. Like, (laughs) I love that. That's great. What would you recommend to a listener that uh, maybe has gotten totally out of their normal work or travel or gym schedule and they're doing more virtual work and are more at home, um, maybe have more family time. What would you, what advice would you give them as far as, as just refinding movement? I think it's important to not be hard on yourself. I think we're all in this time in our life where we're having to adjust and figure out what the new normal even is. Um, but I think it is important to even just like switch it up. If you want to just go outside for 10 minutes and just stretch while you're in the grass or just practicing breathing. So something that I realized recently is the importance of breath and like how, even though it's automatic, we still, that's probably like one of the only systems that we can kind of control. Right. So people, it's important for us to just breathe, you know, breathe through situations to get clarity or just to kind of like, if we need a moment, breathe or like whatever the case is, I think breath is just so important. I don't think people really understand that. Um, And even just getting a deeper educational wise, like even chakras and like, all right, so I just, this is a little nerdy, but we just finished watching like Avatar and Legend of Korra. And like, it was my first time watching it. And I just like recommend it to anyone to at least watch it like once because it's a cartoon, but it, it connects to so many different like aspects in people's lives. And I, it, I just highly recommend it. And it taught me a lot. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. I need to. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, they just put it up on Netflix. So Avatar, watch that one first. And then Cora is like the Avatar after, but like I said, we t- they talk about energy and sh- cleaning your chakras, like all by going on these, these mass like fights. So it's just like crazy scenes, but also you leave like, damn, like this Avatar got me thinking about my life. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? How can I implement, like, obviously I'm not a waterbender, but like, how can I, use their practices and like their movements to reiterate what, what that really looks like. Seriously. I remember watching the Lorax and my world was like (laughs) shook after that. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, wait a minute. Like what? Like it's levels to this. Right. (laughs) Right. 
this question is pretty obvious, but what do I need? I, I asked um, one of our other yoga experts this question a few weeks ago. What do I need to start a yoga practice that I was going to start? Do I need to go to an expensive department store and buy, you know, the, the matching outfit and the perfect mat? Like, what do I need to get get started? Honestly, you don't even sometimes need a mat. Like if you just have hardwood floors and you have no socks on and that's all you can do right now, then so be it. You know what I mean? Like obviously having a mat and <clears throat> having blocks and having ropes helps and will increase your flexibility. Um, but I mean, just a mat and like a YouTube, like that's how I really restarted before I started to take the class was just kind of like YouTube and like in the morning, like you said, sometimes it's not even about the movement. It's about just getting your mind right for the day. Like that's a yoga practice as well. I love that. Um, I, <clears throat> I have a hard question to ask. What, okay. what would you, what would you like us to know about the black lives matter movement? Because here we are, you know, white couples sitting here in, you know, the suburbs of Salt Lake city, Utah, not a particularly diverse place. Um, and, and we're trying to figure out, you know, how, how to approach the black lives matter movement and, and what to think and feel about it. What, what can you, what can you tell us? How, what, what's the conversation we should be having? Um, I just think it's the, the important, that's actually a great question. Uh, I think it's just the importance of seeing people as people, you know what I mean? Unfortunately we live in and are represented by an institution that didn't always see people as equal, right? And even though as we evolve and, and shout out to Kamala Harris and, and, and Biden for sure. Um, and I hopefully with that will come more conversation. I just think people are nervous to have those conversations, but at the same time, it's important to understand the struggles that people have. Um, I think for me personally, um, let me see how I can, my personal, so in England, there wasn't obviously that much diversity, right? And it's at least in Harrogate, London was a whole different thing, but that's, that's four hours away. I think the closest major city was Leeds, which is about like an hour away where there was definitely a high influx of Caribbean, Jamaican island people, um, and I think it's just important to say, like, how can I help? You know what I mean? It's not necessarily about and just educating yourself on it. You know, like, for example, the Jim Crow laws and how like systematic racism, and all that stuff is prevalent. And it does happen a lot, especially in this D.C. area. So it's sometimes when you have a first hand on it or you have, you know, someone that's kind of gone through it. Um it's you can kind of see it if that makes sense um i also do think that it's kind of it's kind of a taboo but it's i don't know it's kind of like a weird limbo because it's like people you want to ask the, you want to ask questions right but you want to make sure that you ask the right questions and you don't want to offend but at the same time it's like how are you gonna know if you don't ask right that's right um I remember when all can, this kind of like started, I mean, not that it's started recently, but as it's come more into like the public attention and light earlier in the summer, I found myself when we were out on walks, if we you were, were walking in the same direction or past an African-American person or anyone of color, I, I felt like, okay, I want to go out of my way, especially with what's going on in the world right now to like be kind and smile and like make eye contact with this person and like get as close as people could physically get close at that point on a walk. And then I was like, wait, mm -hmm. maybe that's super racist of me because I'm like making it really obvious. Like a, mm -hmm. like there is a separation when we're all just people. And that's truly how I feel. Do you know what I'm exactly. saying? No, a hundred percent. I think it's like you said, it's just about when you, like I said, when you live a life that you've lived where you got to travel and you got to meet different people, you definitely have a different perspective on people who have never left, right? Especially if they never left Utah, I've never interacted with anyone who didn't look like them. Um, and even with my dad, I had the conversation with him. So my parents uh, moved back to England 2013. Um, my dad and even my grandpa, are, they still love telling stories about, you know, the progress progression of everything that's happened. But he's like how he feels uncomfortable, like walking in his own neighborhood, people staring at him when 
his house costs the same as, as the people next door. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. he was just like, it's kind of crazy. He's like, I fought and, you know, like I'm a military veteran at this point and I've served my country and I'm coming back to this country not feeling how I'm supposed to be feeling. You know, a lot of times people have to leave the country. He's like, it wasn't really till he got stationed in Germany in the early 90s where he really like felt welcomed. And I felt so bad for him because I, it was kind of hard for me to relate because I feel like everyone in my core circle, all the people that I follow or like have good intentions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I just feel like people just need to, if people have questions and people should just ask or like educate themselves on just the history and the systematic racism that is in America, whether that's schooling or housing or all of these different things. And even for me, like I'm still learning these things too. Um, so that's what I just think it's, it's about learning from each other, educating, having those conversations, but also on the flip side, not getting aggravated from having these conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's great advice. Um, well, okay. So Bethany and I, um, end every week by asking each other what we call the three questions. And so we are going to ask you the three questions. And the first question is what is something that you have learned or changed your mind about in the last week? So one thing you've learned or changed my mind. So definitely my mind has been constantly changing and having to adapt with um, everything that's been going on. And I really realized that you don't, we don't have any control over other people, right? Like we have no control on how they're going to react on anything once we put it out. Right. So at first it was kind of frustrating to me because I was so focused on what other people thought. Then I, it was almost turning around like oh people don't like this like I have to change it and it's like no we I did this because I wanted to do it and I know that people generally like what I what I do um and the people who there's always been people who don't like apples right like people are like oh I want an orange and it's important to be like okay well I don't have an orange mm-hmm. so like, this is what it is exactly <laughs> shout out to Yorkshire tea <laughs> but yeah just like realizing that you don't have any control over people's responses to things and to just be authentic with yourself I think <clears throat> I get a lot of can, can we cuss on here I should have asked that a little earlier oh yeah <laughs> you can do whatever you want I get a lot of okay we get a lot of bullshit about just like Monique like you're not doing this you're not doing that and it's like I'm just learning to live my life and if you, and I just hope by me living my authentic self that that inspires other people to do so. Like, I can't be worried about other people and what they think. Cause then I'm, like you said it earlier, I'm living their life and I'm not living my life. That's great. Great advice. I think people go probably their entire years on earth without realizing that. And it's like, especially now with social media and stuff, we're seeing all the good stuff, all the posts of all these things. And it makes you feel like shit. Cause you're like, wait, like, like I'm not doing anything good, but you're also not seeing them crying. You're not seeing them struggling. You don't know what's going on. Like it's easy for someone to ha- like host a business and put all their money into one thing or not when they're not paying for anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, so obviously right. it looks greener on one side, but it's like, all right, I'm struggling and I'm doing ABC, but I'm also, my lights are on and like the lights are on because of me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I took this, um, which I recommend. So Yale and Harvard are offering like a bunch of free classes from intro to illustration, digital marketing, all of these things. And so I took the course on happiness and it was just like, it was our first time this year, um, administering this course and everything was online and we just took like little exams, little questionnaires. Like it wasn't anything too strenuous, but it was basically like, okay, these are the five things that make people happy, right? They want, or things make them happy. They want things, they want the nice car. They think they need a perfect job. They need a perfect spouse and they need money, right? And so she talked about, Dr. Lori Santos just talked about every week, like how this is kind of skewing our minds and how there's actual experiments that show that this is not accurate, right? Like we, for example, our perfect job, right? Like they did an experiment where they asked people who made $30,000, you know, what's, what's your goal? Like, what would make you happy? What amount? And they're like, $50,000 a year would make me so happy. They asked the same question to someone who made $150,000 a year. Like, Hey, 
um, how, what's the number that you think is going to make you happy? He said 400,000 wow. a year. Exactly. And so it's like, it shows like no matter where people are, they're always striving for more and they always think that they need more money when it's not, you actually have, so we took this exam and it gave us like our top 24 characteristics. Right. And so it turned out that the job, your perfect job is when you can utilize four to seven of your top, um, characteristics mm. so I was like oh okay Lori like you might be on to something <laughs> so it's like like you say like it's not even about for me like the money it's just about being able to create things and have it actually represent what I want to do which is make people feel good and whether that's that. yoga or jewelry music like that's what it's not about me it's about how far my mind can go to connect to as many people as possible. I love that. You'll be rich in so many other ways besides <laughs> just monetary. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I but, mean, money would be okay. I got student loans, but <laughs> <laughs> we won't complain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, question number two is what is one thing in this last week you wish you had done better? Ooh. Uh, one thing I wish I would do better. Um, <clears throat> I think I wish I would have done a little bit more outdoorsy things. We had a great week um, weather-wise last week, and I kind of just was like, my head was just in everything else. Um, so it's important that to get fresh air and get outside. And I can even do my work outside if I really wanted to. Um, I know we get a little stir-crazy with everything COVID and like us being locked in the house. So I'm trying to find different ways of staying creative, but also being safe. Yeah. Cool. Um, like that. Uh, last question. What is one thing you did in this last week that you are very proud of? Um, very proud of. So yeah, my store, the retail store that I was in, um, I've had my stuff in there for like maybe the last 11 days. Yeah. Since the first, and we've already sold out of everything. Um, that's so awesome. that's, it's really cool. I, it's crazy because I didn't hear from the person for a little bit. So I'm like, damn, are you, am I doing good? Like, are people not buying? Is that why he's not hitting me up? And then he texts me. He's like, Oh, we need a restock of everything. And I was like, Oh shit. Nice. And I literally responded. I said, I don't have restocks on everything. So <laughs> get those hands <laughs> making jewelry. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm about to get, so I'm like, I can't wait for there's going to be a time where I have, you know, the flexibility to have other people, you know, do the, the tedious things for me. Um, so I can kind of expand on business locations and things like that. But for now I'm, I'm proud that I'm able to, to do it myself and it. kind of reap those, those benefits as well. Um, what do you think, Bethany? Do you think she, uh, she thinks she passed? She passed. A plus. We're going to have you on again. Monique, yeah. what's, what's, what is one thing, one simple thing that um, one of our listeners could take from this conversation and put mm. into their daily lives? do what you want to do, do what makes you happy. Life is, life is way too short to be worrying about other people. Next thing you know, you're going to be 70 and you're like, I wish I would have gone to Africa or I wish I would have, you know, really bought a boat and learned how to sail, like live your life with, with no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> That's I love powerful. It. Wow. I love it. What a great way to end this conversation. Um, Monique, we're so grateful for you and for your time. Um, and for your, your wisdom and knowledge. And I, I, I just, it's really cool to see somebody so courageous living authentically and sharing that around with other people, even if it's, you know, learning and uncomfortable at times, you're, you're really shining the light for others to follow. And for me personally, I think it's inspiring and I think it'll inspire a lot of other people. So I'm, I'm personally very grateful, um, to have been part of this conversation. I'm going to jump on that and just also thank you. I, you're ever since I met you 13 years ago, your energy, your positive energy has just been so refreshing and so powerful. You have already made such an impact on so many people that you're probably not even aware of. And I'm just, I'm so excited to watch from afar and hopefully not that far. If I can come visit you, all of your success <laughs> yeah. that's to come in the future. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for this opportunity. I was like so nervous before, but now I just, like you said, it was just, it flows. And I'm glad that I was able to inspire someone that's, that's the goal and continue to live my life and 
and do the things that I that I'm passionate about. So thank you for allowing me to voice that on, on your guys' platform. Absolutely. We're so grateful for the opportunity. Remind our listeners where they can find you. Okay, listeners. <laughs> so Instagram, Twitter, I am Life of Ma'am. Um, I have my business page, which is F Modern Society, spelled exactly like that, all one word. Facebook page, um, Instagram, Twitter, I'm not too too much on with the business, but yeah, Life of Ma'am on every other platform and F Modern Society as well. I love that. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again for appearing. Um, We really appreciate it. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Boundless Body. We will talk to you soon.